but the common belief is that engagement is is driven by what an employer is able to give to their employees. Perks, the foosball table. Right. Um, but I believe that's that's misplaced. It causes companies to go and invest in a lot of fancy or kind of expensive things, and then they don't see the results from it. Or maybe they see a short-term spike, but then the long-term results aren't there. What really drives engagement is not what employees get from an organization, is what employees can give to an organization. And any company that I'm talking with, I believe that an hour spent thinking about how to engage, empower, give employees a platform to make a difference is an hour really well spent. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about aspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. So Nathan, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure, Dan. Looking forward to it. So you're the CEO of Mammoth, an HR uh, company here, and we're in your new offices that you've only been in a few weeks, right? <laughs> That's right. Came in over Thanksgiving. Great. So just to get started, can you just give a little overview of you know your background and then as far as what you guys do here at Mammoth as well? Sure. Uh, I've been with Mammoth for four years, and it was a little bit of a, a winding road to get here. Uh, after college, I went and um, worked as a management consultant working primarily with Fortune 500 companies, so large enterprises. And then um, I actually left that job to go teach fourth, fourth grade. Oh, really? Yeah, through Teach for America and Consultant turned uh, school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it was a great job. I loved teaching. Very rewarding. Uh, after a couple of years uh, teaching, I decided law school was the next step and went to law school and practiced law for a number of years and then had an opportunity to come and be part of uh, Mammoth and grow it, and um, have been doing that ever since. Yeah, and I guess just to, to back up a little bit, uh, I know that there's a little bit of a family con- connection, but you came in to kind of uh, scale the company, right? So, so could you talk a little bit about uh, why you came here and like kind of take it to the next the steps? Or yeah, so about five years ago, uh, the company was was quite small at that time, about twelve to fifteen people, and. Um, but we realized there was a big opportunity for the company. HR as a practice was becoming more prominent and more important to businesses. Regulations were getting more complex. The workplace was changing. And um, we decided that it was time to kind of reboot and grow the company. And so I came over to do that. And we've been working on that ever since. And my, my dirty little secret is that I joined this company not really being an HR believer. I thought that <laughs> the technology component of it was interesting and um, and was excited about that. And then about a month into the job, uh, I asked our, our technology team to send me a download of all the customer feedback that we had gotten over the previous 10 years. Okay. And it wasn't pretty. Mm. They, they put it all into a, a, a report that was a CSV file, and it was thousands of rows. And these are all the comments that our customers had left after interactions they had had with our HR team. And I started reading it around 10.30 at night and figured I would just give it a quick skim, page down, page down, page down. And I ended up reading it for about four hours. <laughs> and I read uh, every comment that had been left. And it hit me that night that HR is a huge pain point and a huge opportunity for small, mid-sized businesses. And although my background was working with much larger companies, I saw the um, you know, the sense of confidence and and optimism that small business owners had after working with an HR professional to figure out what to do in their businesses and with their people. And uh, 
I've been drinking the Kool-Aid ever since. So talk about a little bit about exactly what you guys do. I guess one of your, your, some of your core things you do, and uh, we'll get into more of like the pain points around your client because I'm super interested in, in that. And I do believe it's kind of like a golden age for HR and their influence, but also in um, folks like you who help them you know, within company. So if you mind going over that. Yeah, so Mammoth is a collaborative HR company, and that's actually a field that, that we – uh, invented in our pioneering. And the spirit of collaborative HR is that there are two important things that need to come together for any business. There is expertise around HR practices and policies and, and best practices and regulations. And then there's expertise around the organization specifically, the culture, the people. And that through collaborative HR, we can bring both together. We can take an internal HR resource. It could be a certified HR professional. It could be the office manager. It could be the owner of the company or the CFO. And we can pair them with our team of HR consultants and our technology and um, through that collaborative effort, deliver an exceptional HR experience to the smaller mid-sized business. And so we use that approach to support about 80,000 small mid-sized businesses around the country. And our goal is to make great workplaces with our clients so that they are protected on a compliance perspective and then also able to grow their business through their people. Yeah. And how that journey, how has that journey been? Like what, uh, the feedback as you're scaling the company and this, like I said, you're kind of defining in this collaborative HR, uh, space. Um, can you tell me some of the, uh, kind of good wins or also some of the challenges of just educating the market, I guess. Yeah. It's been a really interesting time to be in HR and, um, we carefully track the, customer experiences that that our customers have and you know each day we uh, each day we have about 200 to 300 customer um, consultations and so each day is producing wins for customers and it could be small things it could be an employee relations issue that's turned very tricky that a client needs to learn how to navigate it could be that um, you know I heard the other day about one of our clients that was a, a coffee shop and their key barista left to go work at Starbucks. And they were devastated by this. And they wanted to come up with some strategy to try to keep their other staff. And so it could be, you know, developing a strategy around employee retention. It could be, you know, creating their employee handbook and a set of policies that's really set up well for the organization. Some of the learning that we've had is that being in HR, you are thinking about it, dreaming about it, living it all the time. Our clients, being small and mid-sized businesses, are focusing on a lot of things in their business. And we need to meet clients where they're at. Mm -hmm. And some clients are at a point where they're ready to really invest effort in growing their HR. Others are trying to put out a fire or just get to the next quarter or the next month. And so, you know, we've tried to be really good about kind of calibrating our advice and the direction we send our clients on to make sure it's meeting them where they're at and what they really need. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You know, before the interview too, a couple of things I really want to dive in about is just, you mentioned retention. And so this, it's almost like a golden era of engagement, right? I mean, especially we're in this lowest unemployment we've been in ever potentially. So, you know, what are, what is not to put you on the spot? What are some of the, the top few things small businesses can do uh, for the engagement? And just, you know, I don't know, get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so engage, you're right, Dan. Engagement <laughs> is king. Yeah. If you go to any of the major HR conferences, uh, whether it be SHRM or HR Tech, everybody is trying to 
show their product or service as a vehicle to drive engagement right. mm-hmm. because good research has come out over the last five years showing a pretty strong connection between business performance and employee engagement. Um, but there's there's a troubling thing that's been happening. And what we have seen is that small, mid-sized businesses have been investing more of their budget in engagement, which is great. But by all the standard HR metrics, a lot of companies are not making progress. Mm-hmm. And you could look at turnover. You could look at actual employee engagement like the, the Gallup poll. Mm-hmm. And there's this disconnect right now between the budget that's being allocated to it and the focus and the actual results that small, mid-sized businesses are seeing. And so it's tricky. I think that you know, from our experience, my, my experience personally at Mammoth and also experiences that I've seen our clients go through, there's, there's one fundamental misunderstanding that trips a lot of companies up. The common belief, and maybe it's driven a little bit by some of the big success stories out of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. but the common belief is that engagement is, is driven by what an employer is able to give to their employees. Mm-hmm. Perks the foosball table. Right. Um, but I believe that's, that's misplaced. It causes companies to go and invest in a lot of fancy or kind of expensive things. And mm-hmm. then they don't see the results from it, or maybe they see a short term spike, but then the long term results aren't there. What really drives engagement is not what employees get from an organization is what employees can give to an organization. Mm-hmm. And, any company that I'm talking with, I believe that an hour spent thinking about how to engage, empower, give employees a platform to make a difference is an hour really well spent mm-hmm. and better spent than thinking about what the game room needs to look like. Yeah, for sure. And I've read some of that things, those things as well, right? Like people don't really care necessarily about the, it's a nice thing, but it's it's not driving the, the retention or engagement necessarily, right? So we'll shift a couple um, things. I know you have clients across the country. I like to drill down in Portland. Yeah. You guys are here. Um, what are your thoughts on Portland as we've grown uh, business-wise for you, how it's been for, for just you know your, your company, but also just um, you know getting employees here? And then uh, you know, what, what do you see for the Portland market as far as you know in regards to business? Yeah, we love being in Portland. So our company was originally founded in in Silicon Valley. Okay. And when I started with the company four years ago, or almost five years ago, we we had a small satellite Portland office because there was really good HR talent up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started, we moved the company up to Portland. And we did that to take advantage of a number of things, including the talent pool that exists here. What I've seen, I've been in Portland for 10 years. What I've seen in Portland is there is a distinctly... Um, I don't know if it's Portland or Oregon or Pacific Northwest, or, but there is a way of doing business here that's different than, than what I've seen in other parts of the country mm-hmm. I've lived in. And it's a mindset that then an enterprise or an organization is part of a, a larger ecosystem that needs to be paid attention to and cared for. And so it's, it's you know your community, it's the schools in your community, it's your employees' families and yeah. their communities. And uh, that's... That's what we try to do here at Mammoth, but we're learning it from the organizations that are also here in Portland. And I think from an HR perspective, it's very exciting because it pushes companies to be really innovative about Mm -hmm. 
you know, what relationships they build with their employees. Yeah. And I mean, there's more companies moving up here from the Valley and uh, almost every week. So, you know, what's your advice to companies who might be looking Pacific Northwest? Would you say just jump in and do it? Or what, uh, are there some, you know, I'm going to try to draw out of you some, some drawbacks or some challenges we might be facing in that? Yeah. Uh, it's true. We see a lot of businesses moving up here or, or hiring people here, opening up satellite mm-hmm. offices. Um, we say go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things to be aware of are, um, you know, Oregon is 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 active in regulating the employer-employee relationship. Um, you know, it's up there with California and Washington, New York, Massachusetts. Right. And so companies that are coming in from other states are caught a little bit off guard because it doesn't make as many headlines around mm-hmm. some of the regulations as some of the, the other states do or cities. Um so we like to make sure that when companies come in, they know what their obligations are going to be to their employees. Right. You know, I run an HR, a leadership event here, and one of the big breakouts was around this new law that just passed January 1st around, around, the uh, pay equity. Pay, around pay equity. So these are things, like I so said, they're not making the headlines but need to be aware of and, and make sure before they you know, jump in the regulations around that. So switching gears to you personally, you know, coming in, uh, kind of taking over this company, growing it from 12 people to this – honestly, like amazing office here downtown as a leader, what have been some of the, like the, I guess, fulfillment from that, but also, you know, challenges, some things you've kind of learned along the way. I know you have this consulting pass, a teacher, so there's probably a lot of things you could draw from that experience, but would love to just kind of get into that. Yeah, it's been uh, an incredible experience and, you know, I consider myself to have the best job in the world um, because I get to I get to interact with all parts of our business, whether it be trying to grow our community of clients, whether it be, you know, seeing the service we're delivering, whether it be seeing the product that we're building, the technology that we're building, and seeing all those parts come together under a single mission around building great workplaces is incredibly exciting. And then hearing from our customers the impact that it has on them personally and in their businesses is tremendously rewarding. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, there have been a lot of learnings along the way. Uh, Mammoth was my first time being a CEO, mm-hmm. and I had a lot to learn. And one of the key learnings was to uh, be vulnerable to our team, especially because half of our company are HR experts. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I've got a tough crowd here. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was at, at our first company meeting after I had joined uh, – you know, we were small. We were at that time, maybe 18 to 20 and, uh, everyone, you know, gathered everyone together and was just very forthright about, we're going to do some things, right. We're going to make some mistakes and we're going to view ourselves as an incubator for ideas that we can then provide to our clients. Mm -hmm. And so any idea is welcome. And, uh, you know, I kind of re reframed my role from a chief executive officer to a chief empowerment officer. Mm, I love that. And then my role is really to help empower and, and uh, you know, give voice to the ideas um, of the people here. And what do you do as far as like meeting up with your peers, like learning from other CEOs in town? Are you part of other groups or what are some things you found, you know, valuable? Because as you know, time is the asset that it's, it's challenging for someone like you. So what are some of the things you found valuable just learning from know other folks that are in your position yeah so this is a great part of the portland story the portland business community here um is uh, a highly collaborative supportive community Mm -hmm. 
And one of the things I've really benefited from is that CEOs or executives with much more mature or larger companies than ours that have been around a lot longer like to take the time to help, you know, CEOs and companies that are earlier stage learn from what they've learned. Um, And so a lot of the techniques that I've employed um, have come from other folks around town who have who have invented them. Mm. And I am part of a, a formal CEO peer group. And so that's an opportunity to get together and try to help solve the problems on, that each company is facing, mm. but even more just through the informal network of the business community here. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I don't know if it's something unique to Portland. I have a couple of friends that have moved up here, you know, hadn't had a job yet. And they've reached out to just called you know, cold. And I said, 99% of the people will take like a coffee or phone call. So it's, I love that about Portland. Yeah, it's incredible. So, well, Nathan, thanks so much. Uh, it sounds like you guys are doing great things and really cool office. I'm sure you're, <laughs> how many, you ha- probably have some room to grow here too, right? Yeah, we'll be here for a while. And Dan, you or, or any of your listeners are welcome anytime. Awesome. We have a great coffee machine and the fridge is stocked with LaCroix. It sounds good. All right. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts 